Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. You want to do some trivia? Get yourself some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. The best wings in the whole city of Missoula. 329-1899. 329-1899. The phone number. All guests join us via the Raggish Brothers RV phone phone line. And Colter's got some very gettable conference tournament questions for you. 329-1899 if you want to get some wings. Also, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. It's the Two Telling Nuanas podcast. And it is available everywhere all the time that's the beauty of it thanks to the wingate by wyndham hotel and blackfoot communications also want to remind you grizz grace the coaching tree podcast episode nine is now out travis decure unbelievable conversation absolutely one of my favorites and uh, a guy with perspective from the chair who's currently occupying the seat as the head coach of the university of montana men's basketball team so uh, go ahead and check that out wherever you get your podcast as well uh coulter the Montana Grizzlies going to be playing Idaho State tomorrow, a very surprise turn of events. The Grizzlies, who lost at Northern Arizona the last time they faced the Lumberjacks, were expecting, just like I think many people were, to see the sixth seed pull through. Idaho State has had a very down season, hasn't been hasn't been good, especially the second half of this year. But they are going to they end up winning by two, upsetting the sixth seed, and they move on to play the Grizz. And the Grizz handled their business against Idaho State. Really wasn't a close game when they played the Bengals in Missoula. But Idaho State did push Montana in Pocatello the first time around. In fact, Travis DeCure talking about that game said, hey, they beat us in the first five minutes of the second half and the last five minutes of the second half. Even though we were able to hold on, the Grizzlies were able to hold on and get the victory. Uh, they had respect, and they clearly showed respect to Idaho State and came out and played in that game that was in Missoula. But now the Bengals going on to uh, play the Grizzlies. And how do you sit there and uh, and not get overly excited like, oh, we're going to win this basketball game, especially the Grizz coming off of two straight home losses? 
I mean, three out of four losses down the stretch for right. Montana, which is uh, definitely an atypical situation for a program like UM to enter the tournament struggling like they have. Montana struggled so much the first six weeks of the year, and then they really turned a corner and they thrived for about eight weeks. Yeah. And they just like, they regressed so much. You could tell that they were ready to roll coming into the Northern Colorado game. They were playing for a championship. I think Syed Pridget was well aware that he was probably playing for the MVP against the other MVP candidate, Jonah Radabaugh, although neither one actually got it. Right. Mason Peatling got it, but those two were my top two candidates for MVP. And then after the Northern Colorado loss, they kind of just looked flat. You know, they had that loss at NEU, but they bounced back in good fashion at Sac State, and then they just looked flat uh, in the home finale against Southern Utah. And so now this Montana team, they got to figure out how to get back to that form that allowed them to go on that winning streak during the middle of the conference season. It allowed them to win their games by an average of 16 and a half points per game during the winning streak. They got to get back to that. And uh, a team like Idaho State, a team that's going to be playing with absolutely nothing to lose as the bottom seed in this tournament, playing in their home state, probably the closest proximity to Boise. With them and them and Idaho are the two sort of hometown teams here. You're going to have some people in the stands that are rooting against you through the Grizz. So, and also this Idaho State team, almost a full roster makeover in the offseason right. after they got rid of Bill Evans. I'm not sure if this is a sign of them clicking now or if NAU was just nervous or what, what the mental factors of that last first-round game were. But playing a team that has been trying to find a way to mesh who then finally just did mesh? That's a scary proposition for right. the Grizzlies. So this Idaho State team, you know, it really comes down to how do they shoot the ball? They take a lot of threes. They made a lot of threes in this game. I mean, they built a 44-29 lead in the first half, and they hit seven of the eight three-pointers that they made in the first half. They went seven of 12 from deep to build that 15-point halftime lead, and then they just hung on. They only scored 20 points in the second half. NAU won the second half 33 to 20. Idaho State still hangs on. So what does that mean for tomorrow for Montana? I do think as far as just personnel matchups, it's the best matchup, one of the best matchups in the league for Montana, one of the most advantageous matchups in the league for Montana. Idaho State, they have a couple rim-running big guys that are athletic, but they don't have anybody that can match up with Sight Pridgett. Right. And Sight Pridgett was just put on a clinic. Did whatever he wanted. In, in the game in Missoula. So I think the matchup favors Montana, but you just never know. I mean, it is the regression that Montana experienced last two weeks of the year? Is it a product of the freshman hitting the wall, the young team hitting the wall? Is it a product of something with their chemistry? Or is it a product of just NAU showing the rest of the league how to beat Montana that everybody else copied it? And no matter which one of those factors, or if it's a combination of all three of those factors that's had Montana struggle in these last two weeks, they're going to have to overcome them. Else, else, you know, I mean, I don't think that Idaho State is going to knock out Montana, but success for this program is championship game or bust. I mean, Travis Takir has played in the championship game in four of his first five seasons. The only year was that year where the whole thing was just derailed because they had too many guards. But other than that, Montana, it's championship game or bust. In the last couple years, it's been championship win or bust. So not getting that far would be a disappointment for this team, even though I know they did have tamp de uh, dampered expectations coming into this year. Regardless, 
Montana's got to figure out what ailed them the last couple weeks of the season, address it specifically first with Idaho State tomorrow. This conversation about Grizzly Athletics and the one we're about to have about the Montana State Bobcats is brought to us by Stockman's Bank. We appreciate Stockman's Bank for helping Coulter and I get to Boise this week. Uh, we appreciate them very much for uh, for uh, for doing that for us and uh, bringing you conversations about the Cats and the Grizz. Coulter, I, I, first of all, normally I never think you're right. You know that. But I do think you're right about this, and that is I think that the Lumberjacks did give a blueprint, and the team's getting back, forgetting about offensive rebounds, stalling the Grizzlies in transition, and that has been a problem. Montana State, excuse me, Montana, they're, they're sufficient in their half-court offense, but they're really good when they can get out and run and get some some buckets like that. And, and, I, and I don't know all what the teams have done to kind of, you know, the schematically exactly what the game plan has been, but clearly since that time, it's looked worse, and I give more credit to the off to the defenses than I do blame to the Grizzly offense. Well, it, but, could, be, it could be just as simple as this, too. I mean, everybody in the league knows that Saeed Bridget is the linchpin. He's the leader. He's the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands the most. He's the primary scorer, the primary facilitator, the primary emotional leader. He's, he's all of it. Yeah. Montana had to have a second guy. Kendall Manuel was that second guy for a very long extended period of time. He earned second team all league. He did not play well last weekend. He didn't shoot the ball well. He didn't touch the ball against Northern Colorado. And then he didn't shoot the ball well on his senior night. So what he can get out of Kendall Manuel, it might just be that simple. Right. Kendall Manuel's got to make shots. That's a good point. Because if Kendall Manuel doesn't make shots, now everybody else. I mean, the, the mental aspect of when you see your seniors not play well and you're a freshman, I think that impacts you a lot. But also just Manuel making some shots, and that opens things up for Josh Vasquez. It opens things up for Timmy. Well, and there's two two ways to not make shots, right? One is to miss, and the other is to not have an opportunity sure. to take shots at all. And that's what Northern Colorado did uh, to uh, to uh, uh, Kendall Manuel for sure. Colter, Montana State. Let's talk about the Bobcat men a little bit as sure. the women are just about to tip off here 18 and a half minutes from now. Montana State, Northern Arizona women playing basketball. But Colter, the Bobcat men facing... Portland State, and after it's all said and done, they finish 10 and 10 again, and yet this time that's good enough for a five seed, and they get the bye in in Boise. And I think a lot of people uh, look at look at Danny Sprinkle as uh, having done an outstanding job this season. But Portland State, you know, we've talked about the top three being the top three, and kind of everybody else. But if you look at the second half of the season, we've talked a lot about how this how how this schedule set up really against Portland State in the first half and great for them in the second half. Portland State's just as good as anybody to me and, and it is as dangerous a team as there is in this tournament. And Montana State, they are going to have a tough, tough road to hoe against Portland State, though it is a team that well, they lost by one. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at uh, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have 
electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online all the time, safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. In Bozeman, then Portland State handled them pretty well in Portland. So what do you expect out of this game tomorrow, this third matchup between the Cats and the Vikings? I watched a lot of the Weaver State-Sacramento State game with Danny Sprinkle and a couple of his assistants. And I asked Sprinks, I said, what uh, What do you think of the, of the matchup? And he said, hell, at this tournament, I don't want to play anybody. <laughs> he, said, he said straight up, this league... There's not necessarily an elite team, and there's also a bunch of teams that aren't as bad as you want them to be. Right. He said, I don't want to play Idaho. I don't want to play Sac State. I don't want to play Weaver State. I don't want to play any of them. Yeah. But the Portland State deal is an interesting one because it's like Coach Brickle said. The, team that his, the thing that his team needs to realize is that basketball is a game of runs. The way that you handle runs and answer runs is going to be the way is going to determine your success. But the way Portland State plays, it's even more manic because they're going to give up all sorts of runs, but they don't care. So many teams, when they give up a run, they make an adjustment. Portland State will almost lure you into going on a six or eight zero run yourself, so that you can continue to take their bait and they speed you up. They want you to make that pass to the corner. Yeah. They might even let you make the pass to the corner in the, in the front court a couple times so they can bait you. And then all of a sudden, Alonzo Walker and Sal Nuhu are trapping you, and then you're screwed. And then you're throwing the ball out of bounds. You're throwing the ball to their team. And they might give up an 8-0 run and then answer with a 14-0 run. Advantage Portland State. They play with so much chaos. They also The other thing is they don't let you get into your half-court sets. That's why they, I think that they're such a bad matchup for Montana. Montana just, they, they have to have their half-court sets, although recently it's the transition that's helped Montana really pull away from people. Travis DeCure runs such a structured system, not being able to get into it, I think it, it throws him off as well. Yeah. Montana State, on the other hand, though, their half-court sets can, are constituted of... What is what is Harold Frey going to do this time? Full screen for Harold Frey. Yeah. Harold, <laughs> dribble for 25 seconds so no one else can turn it over. And if you can't score... <laughs> Throw it to Jabril Bello and get out the way. But yeah. other than that, it's Harold Bray. Yeah. Half-court sets are not that great for Montana State unless it's Bello getting down and, and, and posting up. So uh, it, this is a, it's such an interesting matchup because because of the constant press, Bello might not be able to get on the block and work like he needs to. But on the other hand, Montana State not having to run a whole bunch of half-court offensive sets might be to their advantage. And also, they got Harold Frey, who is going to – be able to break the press better than anybody in the league. Yeah. I brought that point up to Coach Brickle as well. I said, well, you guys can handle their pressure better than almost anybody because you guys got the best true point guard in the league, right? And he said, yeah, but the issue is we only got one. <laughs> he said... He's got to pass it at some point. And he said, yeah, who we pass it to, that's when we're worried. But also... We just got to make sure that Harold doesn't just get completely worn out. But at this time of year, it doesn't matter. Like Harold right. Gray told me on the phone the other day, I said, how's your ankle doing? He said, it doesn't matter. Tape it up and let's roll. Let's go. Like, I, this is it for me. I'm, I'm ready to roll no matter what. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio from Boise, Idaho. Happy to be here with you. And uh, Coulter, 
One other thing, though, when it comes to this matchup for Montana State, and, and one reason, uh, not a reason, but a possibility for them in terms of, of liking it. Look, man, Devin Kirby at 6'11", he's, he's so slender, and he's just, he's not as, he's great right around the rim, but he's not excessively skilled, and he's not, he's not big, even though he's incredibly tall and long. But when you see a guy who's 6'11", and you go, if ever there's going to be somebody that can maybe try and move and defend Sal Nuhu, it's got to be him. And then you add Jabril Bello to that mix, the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky Conference, a third-team all-conference type of player. There's there, there's very few teams, the Montana Grizzlies included, that don't just have a complete and obvious mismatch when Sal Nuhu has the ball on the block or even is playing defense in the painted area. The Montana State Bobcats can be can be one of those teams. Now, look, I think a lot of people wish that Devin Kirby was more productive than he's been, and I understand that. I, I'm one of those people because I think that he's got a lot of potential, but he hasn't shown it, and all, I don't think that all of a sudden you show up to Boise, Idaho, and it's just this revelation, okay? No doubt. But if you need a guy that can get in the way, that can affect sight lines, that can, you know, that, that, that can get up there and not just be gone over the top of, at least have to be gone around, he can be that guy. And I'll be interested to see between the two of them how they're able to deal with Sal Nuhu, who is as talented a big as, as the Big Sky Conference has. I think that's actually been one of the things that has made Montana State not fully find flow oftentimes this year. They do have this athletic guy, Devin Kirby, who's the tallest, longest player in the league. And they also have one of the best true scorers on the block in Jabril Bello. Those guys have a really hard time playing together. Devin Kirby, his whole offensive contribution comes in the high ball screen stuff where then he can run the pick and roll, he can throw him the lob, stuff like that. He's not really a skilled guy. He's not a pick and pop guy. But he's also not a guy you can really dub it to on the block and have him make post moves and make a hook shot. He needs to be a screen and roll type guy where you throw him lobs. They can't do that with Bello though because Bello's got to go just plant it on the block, put his hand up. He's a true, true post. So those guys together have not been great. Yeah. And then when they play together too oftentimes, the spacing gets messed up. They clog it up. You know, one thing that's been interesting is Amin Adamu is one of the most high motor players in the league, one of the great athletes in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league, and sometimes he can be an incredibly explosive scorer. He's also very erratic. He's very sporadic. He takes a lot of bad shots. I think Montana State's offensive flow has actually been better since he's been out. Hmm. It's one of those deals where even if he's on, when he's shooting the ball, guess what? Harold Frey's not. Disadvantage Montana State, right? period. And there's yeah. been teams in this league that have let Adamu just take what he's going to take, you know, go against our third best defender. We don't care. You can score 20 points as long as Frey doesn't go 20 and 10. That's what we're worried about. So to me, there's just so many factors for Montana State. If I was Danish Brick, I would explore a platoon with those big guys instead of playing them together. Rotate them, right. especially in this specific matchup. Right. Let them use their fouls. Let them get up and down the yep. court. yep. And like we always say, man, it comes down to such interesting X factors, right? Side Project Kendall Manuel, they got to perform well for the Grizz to win. But it really comes down to Timmy Falls for the Grizz. For the Bobcats, Harold Frey's got to play well for them to win. Jabril Bell's got to play well for them to win. But it really comes down to guys like Layden Ricketts. If Ricketts just hits two or three open shots, you're you're that's money in the bank for Montessa. Yeah. You got to have the other guys step up. Because, like we saw in the first two games, the stars 
they pulled their weight. 35 points each for Jarek Harding and Trayvon Allen. Right. If nobody else scores, you can't win. It takes a balanced effort to win games and tournaments like this. Well, the other thing, too, Coulter, is I, I think your your uh, uh, platoon you know option idea is a very, very good one because here's the other problem that you have. If you got Bello and DK on the floor at the same time, you're four on three on the perimeter, and one of the four for Portland State is named Boo Boo Woods. And he, you know, we talk about, you know, Sal Nuhu and how good he is, but make no mistake, Holland Woods is the best player by four on no Portland doubt. State's no team. Doubt. And you know what he loves? The tournament. And he loves being in this environment when it matters and showing up. And so he's a guy, obviously, you know, that, that's going to be circled, but you have to have not just one guy, but you have to have the whole perimeter defense with him as the central sort of focus of that thing. And that's another reason I think for Sal Nuhu's success is because teams haven't been able to just sit up there and double him up or, or really focus on him defensively. They've kind of taken the lesser of two evils at times, I think, when playing Portland State, and that's one of the reasons that they have been very successful this year. And can Portland State have the right mentality? We haven't even talked about that, right? I mean, Portland State, again, they play such a, a funky and disruptive style that they're they're just the answer that every coach tells you. That's the team we don't want to play. They have a lot of talent, but they also have a style that's just really hard to prepare for. And you never, like, when they get rolling, when they speed teams up, they'll pound you. I mean, they, yeah. just, they destroyed Weaver this year when they got them all sped up and out of control. They scored 92 points against them. But they've also come into this tournament and not performed that well the last couple of years. Barry yeah. Fury's got to prove he can win in this tournament. Being the team that everybody wants to avoid is one thing, but being the team that actually knocks teams that, out. That demonstrates why they wanted to like, avoid the, you. It's the biggest difference between Southern Utah and Portland State, right? Yeah. Everybody talks about those two teams in the same vein. Well, Southern Utah has, has beat some of the best teams in the league the last several years. Yeah. Portland State has not. So what's their mentality? I think there's a lot of teams and a lot of people around this league that have been talking about, well, what's the matchup between Portland State and Eastern Washington be like? Can Eastern Washington handle Portland State? That's a bad draw for Eastern, right? Well, Portland State's got to get there first. And by the way, so does Eastern. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 it's not just a cakewalk all of a sudden going against some of the best athletes in this conference with the Thunderbirds rolling and, 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 and start going against you. So, Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Fun stuff, man. I love being here. love being in Boise for this tournament. It's a great time. Let's take a quick break. On the other side. First of all, if you want to do a Wing and Wednesday, feel free. 329-1899. We can do that. Also, two former Grizz players who became former Grizz coaches played and coached against each other in the Pac-12 today in an absolute barn burner. We'll tell you how that went down, an epic first round in the Pac-12 right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. 
Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Women's is this? This is a quarterfinal game or a semifinal game, Coulter? I'm so lost here. This is the quarter. This is the <laughs> semis, right? Welcome to the tournament, buddy. This it's is the, the semis. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. It's the semifinals. Okay, Montana State got to buy into the quarters. They yep, survived yep. Northern Colorado. Yep. Got to remember, I've good. been here for like a year, aka three days. So yeah, I don't know. I don't this know is, what's uh, going on. This is only basketball game number uh, twelve for me. That's so good. Far it's good this start. week, but no, this is a Final Four matchup right here. Between uh, number five, Northern Arizona, and number one, Montana State. Most interesting thing to watch here is going to be how tight or lack thereof are the Bobcats. Yesterday, it's obvious. It was obvious, man. And yeah. We, we, uh, that's, the, that's the one thing where when you have a historically good season and you are absolutely the, the overwhelming favorite. Like last year coming into the tournament, Idaho was the number one seed. But Northern Colorado also had Savannah Smith, so you could have seen them win it. They were the defending tournament champions. You know, Idaho State had a bunch of veteran players like Sailor Grandin and Grace Kenyon right. who had led Idaho State to the championship. You had Portland State, who uh, was a team that had played in the semifinals two years in a row. So there was four veteran teams who you could totally see making runs in last year's tournament. There wasn't just this one overwhelming favorite. In this exact field, because everybody is so young, Montana State came into this thing, 19 league wins. Everybody's just thinking, oh, the Bobcats are just going to walk away with this thing. I mean, they set the Big Sky Conference all-time record for margin of victory. They yeah. won their conference games by an average of 18.4 points per game. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And then to win a r- record 19 games, that in itself is amazing, too. That said, it comes with a lot of pressure because now all of a sudden you got this group of five seniors thinking, well, this is our, this is our shot to go to the NCAA tournament, but also one and done it's going to be over for us how devastating would that be and we've seen the one seed in this tournament on the women's side lose many times and so i mean like last year idaho they just went down in a ball of flames right couldn't make a shot we've seen it happen with montana state too i mean trisha Bitford, the first year of the neutral site they had a fantastic team a phenomenal team a team that's on par with this team right here that we're about to watch today and they lost on a half-court buzzer beater to idaho state so it yeah. can't end that quickly but I do think they're getting past the upset bid of Northern Colorado. I expect Montana State to be loose now in this yeah, one. Yeah. You know, they've had a little time off. You know, but they got they had the early game yesterday. Now they get the first semifinal tonight, so they have some time to get ready for this thing. I think they match up well with Northern Arizona, and I think they'll be more settled and ready to play. And this is where it sets up well for the women's tournament in general, which is these two teams, well, that buys in the first round. They played in one yesterday. They're going to play their second game in two days. Okay, but they have tomorrow off. Whoever wins this game you're not playing again until friday if you move on so you can really leave it all i mean you're going to leave it all out there anyways but you'll have an opportunity to recover as opposed to the men's tournament where it's three and three uh, or four and four potentially wanted to mention this to you two former grizzly players two former grizzly coaches david graff doing a great job first of all getting us on the air and second of all keeping us updated with what's going on but with the coaching tree going on we know larry Kristoviak at utah wayne tickle at oregon state well guess who matched up in the first round of the pac-12 uh, uh, uh tournament the duck or the, excuse me the beavers yes it's not the ducks the beavers and the utes and what a game it was alfonso Plummer, 35 points for utah colter went in there and just lit it up trace tinkle though for oregon state senior is it going to be his last game 19 points for trace tinkle led the oregon state beavers and at the buzzer, Gerard Lucas bangs a three for Oregon State and Wayne Tickle and the Oregon State Beavers beat Larry Gristoviak and the Utah Utes 71-69, beat them by two on a buzzer-beating three and just like that, uh, it's uh, on into the next round for Oregon State and Utah season 
is over. And uh, what a deal, man, for those. Imagine that, man, those two guys. I mean, of course, they match up twice a year every year in, in the regular season, and they've been in the in the Pac-12 now for quite a while. They're veterans of the league. But in a tournament like that, in the first round of matchup and have it be that sort of game, what a deal that is. And uh, we know how competitive, obviously, all these guys are, but Larry Kay in particular, he's uh, he doesn't take many prisoners. You know what I mean, Coulter? No doubt. And David said Plummer broke the Pac-12 tournament record for threes in a game, so that's an impressive mark wow. to be sure. There's been a couple instances where kids have gotten to play for their dads in Division I situations, but it's rare. And for two guys with Missoula roots to be playing out their final chapter together in Wayne Tinkle and Trey Tinkle. Did you see the scene tonight when Oh yeah, coming off the floor, off the floor yep, yep. and him he gives Wayne a big hug. Yep. You know, we were talking to some folks that are close to the Oregon State program and, and they were saying that you know, the pregame speech was just amazing. You know, Wayne Wayne gave it up to Trace and said, it's impossible to describe how truly hard it is to play for your dad for a five-year college career. Everybody's going to be whispering, the only reason you're here is because you're old man. The only reason you get shots is because your dad gives them to you. The only reason you get any shake at all is because you're daddy's boy. And for Trace Tinkle to ignore all that noise, go out and become the all-time leading scorer in the history of Pac-12, but people got to remember, man, Oregon State did not make the history of Oregon State. Seventh in Pac-12. Impressive, impressive numbers. Over 2,100 points. Yeah. yeah. For, people got to remember, Oregon State did not make the NCAA tournament since 1990 right. until Wayne Tickle took them there. I know that they haven't been back, but they've, they've raised the level of expectation of Oregon State. And to do it as a father-son duo, it's impressive, man. It's really impressive. Very yeah. impressive and a special one for their family. And who knows? Maybe they just go out and win this Pac-12 tournament, play their way in the tournament, play their way into the NCAA <laughs> well, tournament. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty big ask, but they still have the chance to. In any case, I mean, they are on into the second round. By the way, if you're wondering what 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 happened to the Washington Huskies, man, they they are they were the they number one Lorenzo Romar, but they were the number one team last year, and then I this understand. year they're the 12th seed, and they are uh, losing. By the way, 71-62. It's a nine-point game with two minutes and 25 seconds left uh, in that game. Again, Against the Arizona Wildcats, so Arizona, I wouldn't say in control. In fact, Arizona was up a lot more than that early on, but uh, the Washington Huskies clawing back into it. Still two and a half minutes to go in a nine-point game. There, it's already going better for Oyana Squire. She scores her first bucket of the game on the first shot of the game. She's a Montana State senior who you could tell her the nerves were getting Oyana worse than anybody on the team yesterday. So having her get going, I'm sure that's something uh, that Trisha Benford likes to see. In turn, well, of the, turn of the Washington Huskies point you just made, yeah. though. Man, sometimes dismissals, firings, non-renewals, whatever you want to call them, are justifiable. Sometimes, though, when a school like Washington makes the decision to get rid of Lorenzo Romar, you just get what you deserve, man. Like, how could you possibly do that? 100%. How can you do that? Like, I know he had a couple down years, but like, do people forget when basketball is irrelevant at Washington? Do, do people forget when Washington was traveling, traveling to big sky schools to play games? That's what I'm yeah. saying. 
a school like Washington and the basketball culture that exists in the city of Seattle, yeah. all you got to do is recruit the city of Seattle. Who is the most popular coach among all the Seattle high school coaches and all the Seattle yeah. club teams? Yeah. Lorenzo Romar. Yeah. All you're doing is killing your, your program by firing this guy. Couldn't believe that that happened. So good riddance. They can finish 12th every year for all I care. Well, I I mean, and the thing is, the thing, though, that's bizarre is that they fired Lorenzo Romar, and then they got, who is it, Mike Williams is not who, who's the coach who came from Syracuse, the Jim Beheim guy, and they win the doggone thing, and they look like they're, like, they're like a top 15, top 10 team in the country at one point last year, and then all of a sudden this year, it's like, no, that's it, and a lot of guys, I mean, Lorenzo Romar, one of the things when he got fired is he had one of the top recruiting classes in the country coming in, and they basically all no-showed. So it already looked like the covers were going to be quote-unquote there. Mike Hopkins, thank you, uh, David. Yeah, uh, Mike Hopkins. Looked like it was going to be bad, bad, bad last year, and you go, whoa, look at this guy. Mike Hopkins, I think he was the coach of the year in the Pac-12 in his first year in it, and you go, my goodness, maybe they got something, and then all of a sudden you turn around, and I got no idea. I don't know if they've had injuries. I don't know if they had suspensions. I don't know if they just, you know, I don't know, anything. But it's just is surprising to see a team go like that and then just drop right in the tank, especially when it is Washington, who, like you said, even without Lorenzo Romar there, had created something of a, a, a tradition within the city, at least, of Seattle, and it, uh, you know, it obviously didn't continue. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you from Boise, Idaho. Certainly happy to be here along with everybody. Hey, Carl Tyler Chevrolet, locally owned, community driven. It's Carl Tyler, Auto Group. Coulter, we, you talked about the, uh, the, the sort of feeling that the Montana State Bobcat women had yesterday, and we talked about earlier in the show how it's so easy for teams to shift in the postseason. Some teams who are really good shift into something that's fairly tight, and other teams maybe that haven't been good can all of a sudden play a little loose and maybe a little more fun in front of a, you know, uh, uh, with a spotlight on them in a tournament like this, and where you want nothing to do with that first round game because anything can happen, as Idaho State showed us against Northern Arizona today. But when you get into that second game that you've played, which both of these teams playing right now are in that second game, how much different is the demeanor of the teams and the feel of the teams when you go from game one to game two, which obviously means you did win? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of different factors you got to take into account, too. you got to remember, uh, especially like the Montana schools, they finished the season on the road, so they've been gone from Montana since early last week. They didn't go home in between that. Right. So the Montana schools, they had to go on the, the road trip to um, Sac State and, and Southern Utah, the women's teams did. So they probably left last Monday or Tuesday. So they've been gone for a long time, getting acclimated to, you know, resting up from the flights and getting in your hotel room and getting all settled in and then learning this court and readjusting to the sight lines and having a quick turnaround and, you know, trying to figure out who you're going to play, especially for the Bobcats, too, because you didn't know who you were going to play in the quarterfinals. You have to wait for that first-round game. Then you watch the games and you, and you see some of the teams that are performing under pressure or lack thereof. And so I think that you, you do settle in to a certain extent. You, you learn how to play in this gym. You learn how to play you know, in the neutral side. On the you know, There's all, the, all these different factors, but I do think that 
this game will be a lot more comfortable for these teams because now they both have a game under their belts. So right. Neither one of these teams played in the first round. Both of them now play in their second game. So conventional wisdom would say they will be more settled in in this game. It's 2 tell New Orleans, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick update, it's 7-6 Northern Arizona right now. Six minutes, 30 seconds left in the first quarter. Uh, NAU up one. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We're in CenturyLink, Coulter. Want to give people a little feel for what it's like to be in here. Give them a little uh, impression of, of, of the gym and the setting that we're in. And also some of the changes, one good, one not as good to me, for the uh, for the floor, for the players when it comes to actually the game on the floor. So we'll get to all of that right after this. Hey, right now, going on at Kurtz Polaris is the snow check. What's the snow check? Well, the 2021, that's right, the like not even out yet, Polaris snowmobiles. Well, you can go check them out. New Chaos Models has a new drive system, a quick drive, too. It also has a new 2.75-inch Series 8 track, a factory-installed low-elevation clutching option, and plenty more. What can you do? You can go in and choose from 100,000 different combinations just exactly to your perfect specifications what you want your snowmobile to be. The brand-new, newest technology 2021 snowmobiles going on now at Kurtz Polaris during snow check season. Get yours now. Be the first to have them. You go. It's going on until April 15th, so you got to get in there during the snow check at Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Kurtz Polaris online at kurtzpolaris.com snow check right now through april 15th get in there we'll be back we'll finish it up right after this Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at a, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Colton Nuanas, Ryan Tutel along with you. Happy to be with you. Thanks for being with us. We are live in Boise, Idaho. The Century Link Arena will be here all week. So come uh, listen in, watch on SWX if you'd like to as well, and perhaps we'll see you if you're uh, making the trip down to Boise, Idaho. Let me tell you, it's a beautiful drive. I know this firsthand. It's great. Want to come down and check it out? Absolutely do it. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. The podcast is available all the time, thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel and Blackfoot Communications also. 
by all means, go check out Riz Great's Coaching Tree Podcast. Episode 9 is out now. It is available uh, with Travis DeCura, the current head coach of the University of Montana Grizzlies. He uh, sat down with us for an extended conversation as the capper to this series. We will have one more coming out with Robin Selvig, but this is the final one of, of uh, the men's coaches. So go listen to Grizz Great's Coaching Tree Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to listen live, you can go 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live all the time to the station and to our show from 4 to 6 Mountain Standard Time every single day thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, we're here for year number two. The conference is here. The uh, tournament is here for year number two. We're always trying to figure out, you know, what's changing, how are things getting better, what's changed, what's gotten better, what's gotten worse. Last year, one of the main issues was there was not a clock on top of the basket. Right. And so I think they had a game. They had a shot clock set up on the baseline, but no game clock. So kids could see where they were at in a possession. But the scoreboard, which is a great scoreboard, hanging from the middle of the of, of the ceiling, is very much like what there is in Dahlberg Arena, but a great scoreboard. But you can't see it if you're playing. You're right underneath the thing. And kids didn't know what how much time was left in a, in a, in a quarter and a half of the game. And it was, it was a real struggle. And you go, okay, well, what's going on? Well, that has been rectified. There are proper game clocks slash shot clock combined clocks on the top of the hoops. Very traditional like it would be right in the line of sight for everybody who's playing on the floor. We're the ones who need to see it the most. So that's a good thing. The thing that I... I have to believe there's an explanation, but I have no clue what it could possibly be. Is that they have included a what appears to be an NBA three-point line on the floor. Yeah, there's, I think they just forgot to take it off. But from what? Who's playing NBA games? Well, I think this is the old court from the old CBA team. So you think they brought out the old hardwood from the CBA, from the Idaho's, Idaho's CBA team? No, 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 no. I just can't. Why would they paint a line on there? Like one of the administrators told me they didn't remember to take the line off. I agree with you. Why would the line be on? What are they taking it off from? But for whatever reason, the court that they got has an NBA line on it, and it has not been removed. Okay. Well, the 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 center court logo is like the state of Idaho with a with a it's a black uh, a state with a green outline, and then has this basketball rolling around it. You got the lines on there for the thing. I mean, at some point you had to put the lines on. You had to put right. the logo on. You put the Big Sky Conference logos on. I just don't. I just don't understand because it is. You. We talked about this when, when the men's line moved back, and now there were two lines on the floor. It really affected, well, both, but especially I think the women's players who were still trying to figure out exactly where to line up, and it's that visual aid. And now a third line. Now I will say that the the NBA stripe is like a grayish white, as opposed to the dark black lines that are they're signifying right. for. The, 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 the college games, but it's bizarre that it's on there, and that's, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it's sort of like, eh, could have been, could have done without it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, and it will continue to be a work in progress. The Big Sky, I mean, this tournament thing has been a moving target since they decided to move it away from hosted sites, and uh, when you're going to have 
tournaments at venues that are not specific basketball venues. I mean, they had the first one, the first three years was at an event center, and now it's at a hockey arena. So right. you're just going to have growing pains when it comes to that until you get it completely locked in and honed in. Well, but I, I, I thought Fallon, so we talked about Montana State seniors yeah. and how they were feeling a little nervous yesterday. And uh, I thought the only two players in Montana State that weren't playing, that weren't affected by nerves, were Fallon Fuji, who's the MVP of the league, and Darren White, who's the freshman of the year in the league, and in my opinion, one of, if not the best, or at least most impactful players in the entire conference. White won on the game yesterday. She just straight up took the ball from Northern Colorado twice in the last 90 seconds. She made five out of six free throws down the stretch to make sure that the uh, the Bears could not pull the upset. But Fuji, even though she struggled to shoot the ball a little bit because they were uh, running double teams at her out the elbow and stuff, she still had managed to score 15 points and grab 12 rebounds. But she was definitely not afflicted by nerves as much as she was just afflicted by a whole bunch of extra attention. But her comment in the post-game press conference, she basically said, I didn't know that it was like an upset thing because I didn't know what the score was. She said, I couldn't see the score anywhere. Oh, interesting. And, and she didn't come out of the game. So all the rest of the seniors, like Blair Braxton and Madeline Smith, they run a platoon. So they're subbing in for each other. They play 20 minutes a game each. They just split the minutes at the center spot. So they're on the bench a lot. They get to see the score a ton. You know, Oleana Squires, she got some foul trouble early, so she came out. She gets to see the score, too. Fridgey, she didn't get to see the score, so maybe it is an advantage in a certain extent. Well, but. maybe that, that's another thing that, you know, I, I talked about the clock, but, yeah, the score would be good to know at some stage, too, right? No doubt. <laughs> but also, also, though, that could have also just been Fallon um, having some fun. Subtly criticizing, because as yeah. we know, she's actually the smartest person in the, in the league. So <laughs> maybe that was her, like, way of just taking a blind shot at uh, – and everybody else, but no, I mean, I don't know. I think that this thing will continue to improve, but I do think this is a great venue. I think it's great that uh, a lot of the schools have learned how to budget to you know bring their cheerleaders, their bands, their spirit squads, stuff like that. I mean, NAU, how about that? I mean, NAU averaged like 250 fans per game for women's right. basketball. They still brought their whole cheer squad and their whole band. Yep. So good for them. Well, and and they they had the NAU men's game earlier too, so they kind of got a two for one today, right. uh, which is which is uh, which is very good. But you're right, Coulter, man. Like sitting in this arena, this is a proper arena. I know it's a hockey arena, but look, man, almost. I mean, easily half of the NBA arenas are also hockey arenas. I mean, right. they're 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 this, they're one and the same anymore. And this is such a perfect spot for a tournament like this, it, both in terms of the location where it is, centrally located in the city of Boise, plenty of stuff to do around, and also the the just quality of it. I mean, this is a nice place. It's a nice you know? place, and that's that's one thing that I think. You know, when you talk about, well, how are you treated? How you know? How did the conference pull the stuff off? If the room that you're in, or the building that you're in, or the circumstances you're playing under aren't aren't championship level, it feels second rate. And this feels very first rate to me in terms of the the, the room that it's in and the surrounding sort of atmosphere that goes with it. Last question for you, because I got a psychological question to take us on out of here. Okay. We've never seen the Montana men at any game ever since Travis Secure's been the head coach. Yes. They do not participate in watching the tournament in any way. No. They show up for when their game is about to be played. And that's all. And Travis says, I'm not trying to have my guys get distracted or see anybody else lose. I don't want them to see a top seed get upset so it's in their heads. He says, we're not doing it. We're showing up for our game. That's it. That's all. Montana State's men are sitting right down here in the corner watching. What do you think? I mean, I think on one hand, it's cool that the men get to sit here and support the women. Yeah. And they get to watch basketball. It's great. It's great, great for the student-athlete experience. But if, if Montana State's women were to win, 
would that have a negative impact on the mentality of the Montana State men? I don't think so. I think, I think it's pretty disassociated. And if anything, I think it would be good. I mean, you saw, you know, you get your, your, your you know, compatriots or cohorts on the women's side of things a win and you cheer them on. I think it's great for the girls to have their, you know, classmates and their teammates uh, uh, there supporting them. And I will say, you're right that Montana does not come to these games as a team, but individual players, sure. I mean, it's not like there's a band that Travis right. has well, set up they where they show can't up, come they in just, here. They just always show up a lot later, too, because right. he, just, he just doesn't want to have any of the distractions. Well, well, why would you show up three days in advance and, you know, not ha- and have maybe too much nightlife sampled trying to get ready for a basketball game. So I certainly get that. I don't think, though, that there is a huge uh, uh, effect, especially on the women's games. Maybe if you're watching some of the men's games because it's teams that you're going to be playing and now you get thoughts in your head that maybe or, may- maybe or maybe not part of the scout or part of what you need to do or your expectations. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, the nerves in a football game, when do they go out the window? Well, the first the time, first, play. first hit, right? And in a basketball game, I think, you know, the first two, three minutes, you run up and down, you go, you go, you go, and then it's like, okay, it's a game we got to rock and roll, settle in a little bit. Speaking of rock and roll, that's what you and I are going to do. Boys and girls, it's been a fun, fun show here on Wednesday. We're going to be here all week long. We look forward to being with you from Boise, Idaho, all week. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.